When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Across the UK, online and on DAB Digital Radio, Women's Football Weekly with Faye Carruthers on TalkSport 2. All the action, excitement and drama from across the entire women's game, including the Women's Super League. Clean off the line by Steph Horton. The UEFA Women's Champions League and the Euro 2021 qualifiers. Lana Clellan striking from outside the penalty area. World-beating, big-match conversation on the station that's raising the game for women's football. And she scored! Women's Football Weekly with Faye Carruthers on TalkSport 2. Hello, hello. Welcome to Women's Football Weekly. It is a huge day for the Barclays FA Women's Super League after the announcement of a landmark broadcast deal with the BBC and Sky Sports. The multi-million pound deal will see live women's league games shown on terrestrial television for the first time. The FA have agreed what's been described as a landmark broadcast deal for the Women's Super League which is fantastic news for all the players, for everybody associated with women's football. We'll be speaking to the FA's director of the women's professional game, Kelly Simmons, about that. On the pitch, though, tonight's other guest, Arsenal in England defender Leah Williamson, will be delighted after Arsenal came out on top in the battle for the third Champions League spot on Friday night. McCabe, now swinging delivery, great delivery, fantastic header. It's Ruben Moy who gets Arsenal second. And it's a big week for English football and we'll hear from Chelsea manager Emma Hayes as Chelsea and Manchester City prepare for this season's Champions League quarter-finals. I think anybody getting lulled into a place that this is a different Wolfsburg, they're fooled. This is a Wolfsburg team that you know have as much quality um, as I've ever seen in them and I'm sure they'll be confident given their recent history against us. We'll also speak to Birmingham City head coach Carla Ward and discuss the appointment of Gemma Granger as Wales' new manager. This is Women's Football Weekly, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. I'm Sam Mewis, and you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2. Thank you very much, Sam Mewis. Hello, team. How are you, how are you all doing? Uh, what a week it's been. Absolutely crazy. Uh, discussing it with me, delighted to say England and Arsenal defender Liam Leah Williamson joins us again. How are you doing, Leah? Yeah, I'm great, thanks. It's great to be here. Lovely to have you as always. You're injured though at the minute. How are you getting on? Yeah, yeah, I um, had a bit of a sticky one, like, uh, you know, a small issue that turned into something a bit bigger. So hopefully uh, a couple more days and I'll be back on the pitch. 
Wonderful. Well, we're very much looking forward to that. Um, listen, we're going to get straight to it because massive excitement for all women's football fans. Those who've played the game, play the game currently, coached, coach currently, work behind the scenes, watched when no one else did, dealt with trolls online, promoted the women's game for years. The journalists that covered it for free for so long, this day feels like it's really for you because a landmark deal has been done by the FA, Sky Sports and BBC to broadcast the Barclays FAWSL live for three years from next season. It's massive news for the growth of the game, investment in its future and, of course, vindication for many who've been huge advocates for this sport over the years. Um, first of all, Leah, before we introduce Kelly Simmons, director of the Women's Professional Game at the FA, I just want to get a player's reaction to, to this. How excited were you when you heard this news? Yeah, honestly, it's it's the best news that we could have. You know, um, we've worked hard, as you say, from a player's perspective to raise the quality of the game, to make ourselves better, to commit to being professional athletes and and making that show on the pitch and making our game a spectacle that that we want to share with other people and that other people are interested in watching. So to now be given a platform like this, um, like you say, after so many years of fighting for every piece of coverage, because that's what it feels like on a daily basis, and, and to be given that platform now and, um, you know, the place that the, the women's game is in, I think it's so exciting and honestly can't emphasise enough how lucky I feel to be involved at this time, to be honest. Excellent. Well, let's speak to one of the women who has been so supportive of the Women's Game of the Years and worked tirelessly to get us to this point. Kelly Simmons, Director of the Women's Professional Game at the FA. How are you? You must have had a really busy day. <laughs> Good evening, Faye, and hi, Leah. Uh, yeah, fantastic day. Um, we've had some great coverage of what, you know, as you've said, is a landmark moment, really, for the Women's Game. Multi-million pound partnership up to 66 live games across Sky and the BBC, a, a fantastic opportunity to massively raise uh, the fan base of the women's game and, and have big audiences watching you know, top-level women's football. And it's, you know, as Leah said, it's you know, what the players deserve, that the fans deserve and the pioneers who fought so hard to get the game where it is today. And so it's, it's great to see, and it's great to see the, uh, the announcement received so well across the game. Yeah, there has been so much uh, goodwill towards this. How much hard work has had to go into it behind the scenes and how, how long has it been in the pipeline for? Uh, it's Well, I think we went out, um, the uh, ITT, uh, the invitation to tender went out uh, in the autumn. So, um, it, you know, it's quite a process. It was a competitive process. Uh, we always thought that a mix of free-to-air and pay-per-view was the right strategy for the women's game to drive revenue, much-needed revenue for the game, but also to drive, you know, huge exposure. I mean, the, the, the BBC partnership obviously gives us the opportunity to have the sorts of audiences that will make the Women's Super League the most watched league after the Premier League, and and obviously the partnership with Sky and what they've done for the men's game and what they can do for the women's game. It's absolutely huge. So, you know, we think we'll be the most watched women's football league in the world and um, yeah it really is a, a significant breakthrough for the development of the women's super league yeah I love that 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 it could be the watched the most watched women's league in the world is absolutely superb but what I also loved is that Sky Sports want to sprinkle their Sky Sports magic on it and it's not just going to be a case of you know you tune in and watch the game live there's actually going to be proper build-up proper reaction and you know and that's the kind of thing that's that, that's going to really grow the uh, grow the audiences Sky of um 
you know, said in their release today that they put their full weight, uh, their full sort of spy, uh, sky special kind of magic behind it, which means, you know, top, top class coverage, not just the game itself, but all of the build up and the marketing. You know, they're planning to invest multi millions in the marketing of the games as well to make sure we absolutely maximize this fantastic opportunity to grow our audiences. So, you know, but both partnerships, that and having. You know, games 18, a minimum of at least 18 games on BBC One, BBC Two, you know, is huge for the women's game because those slots will command, you know, some of the biggest audiences watching sport in this country. Mm. Yeah, Kelly, I was going to say as well, obviously keeping some of the coverage on the BBC feels to me like we're, you know, staying with the roots of the game. You know, there's so many um, people that maybe worry that when the game grows, we'll lose what makes it so beautiful almost and and makes us different from the men's game um do you think that's a factor do you, or, you know do you think that that's a, a one positive also yeah very much so i think we always wanted a free-to-air partner alongside you know a partner like sky and i think that's really important not everybody's got uh is able to afford um pay-per-view television so to have that have BBC alongside Sky is really, really important. And, and we know BBC, we've seen it with the Women's FA Cup um, and then we've seen it you know, with England. That they, You can get some of the absolutely huge audiences on BBC One and BBC Two. So, you know, we're still in a growth phase. You know, there's still um, there's a huge amount of interest in, in the women's game. We know there's around 6 million fans that follow men's football that are increasingly engaging in the women's game. And we've got to get that game. They're the fantastic quality of the WSL in front of in front of fans and in front of families and young girls that we want to inspire to, to 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 play and pick up the boots and enjoy the game so you know it's really important I think that mix and I think that's what's really strong about this announcement today this sort of blended package if you like of free-to-air and pay-per-view yeah that's really important and actually growing the game is vital but it's something that we've talked about a lot over the years isn't it and the answer always has been you can't grow the game without without revenue but this brings in a significant amount of revenue um i mean i i know that the the numbers haven't been officially announced we're talking around 7 or 8 million i understand is that right a year well we haven't announced the uh, numbers obviously we don't put sort of commercially sensitive numbers in the Oh, I tried. Yeah, I know you did. And um, obviously the press are reporting um, sort of seven to eight million a year. Uh, I think what um, probably hasn't been reported, which is also, you know, significant, is the sorts of audiences that this is going to deliver means that, you know, league sponsorship programmes, club sponsorship programmes, the fronts of shirt, all of those things that um, can be sold in the women's game to, to brands, you know, will hugely increase in value because... Mm. The, the audiences are going to be some of the biggest audiences in sport, not women's sport, in sport, watching the WSL next season. And that's really key, isn't it? We've talked about this many times before, Kelly. You know, it is sport. Um, it shouldn't have to be segregated in terms of women's sport and men's sport. It's sport that everybody's passionate about. Um, as I understand it, some of the revenue generates is going to be put back into the development of the game. Can Can you give us a little bit more insight into that? Yep. Um, one of the areas that we are looking at, which we I can't go into too much detail uh, around yet because we need to finalise the plans and we'll probably make an announcement sort of mid-April, but the development of refereeing in the women's right. game is an area that has been underinvested, um, and we want to, to put that right and make sure we're really investing in and supporting what is a tough job in the middle, uh, uh, the officials. So um, that's one area definitely that we're... Um, that we're making plans on right now. And then 70% of the rest is 
of the money is going to go to WSL clubs and 25% to, to championship clubs. What lessons do you feel have been learnt from the way men's football structure their broadcast deals? Because there's no kind of, you know, teams saying, well, hang on a minute, we're going to be clearly on television more than you are, so we should get more money. Yeah, I mean, I've not worked in the men's professional game Um I mean, I've worked in men's football, but not in the professional side. So, you know, I, I'll leave other sort of judge the solidarity payments and, and how that, that works and, and what the, the leagues think of it. I, what I can say on this one is that, you know, there was a lot of commitment to making sure that it's not just the WSL clubs that benefit, but also the championship. Um, and the fact that was really important because you need a strong pyramid and we need to make sure that uh, whoever wins the championship is able to come up. Um, and we've got that strong link between promotion and relegation and, and we've got ambitions for the championship and, and that, that level of investment uh, tier two in the game can make a big, big difference. So really pleasing to see that 75-25 split today. There's obviously um, been some consternation that the money isn't being filtered down further to the women's football pyramid, the FA Women's National League. What, what is the reasoning behind that not happening? The amounts, really, um, at this stage, um, to spread it so thinly, it would lose impact. Um, the best way that we can generate future revenues for the whole of the pyramid is to grow grow the revenue through the WSL, and that means some investment in the quality of the product now and investing and supporting those clubs who are having to fund um, professional and in the championship semi-professional football so it doesn't mean that down the line it's an absolutely important part I think of the vision of women's football but um, with the sums that we're talking about and the fact that we need to make sure it's broadcast ready sort out pitch quality invest in refereeing support those clubs who are paying significant amounts of funding currently to operate professional and semi-professional football um, it was felt that this time um, that we focus on tier one and two, but but for the future, obviously, we want to continue to significantly grow revenue today as a start, and um, and, and that means that the whole pyramid can benefit. You, you read my mind there in terms of pitch quality, because obviously the broadcasters aren't going to be wanting to put in this kind of significant amount of money if they're going to get postponements like we've seen over the years. So, what is being done to to prevent that from happening from next season? Well, we're working with the Football Foundation. Um, we're working with the clubs to identify where we've got concerns around pitches. We're testing those pitches three times a year. So we've already got in place plans to make sure everything is done to try and get the most out of those pitches. Ideally, we'd put down um, Deso pitches of better quality of pitch where we can, which is what we're talking to the Football Foundation about. We've also got in the deal we've got, we've costed if we need it emergency covers like having the men's FA Cup so that if we know we've got really bad rain coming up we can get those covers down to make sure we protect those live games so a number of things really to to try and crack that problem yeah brilliant um just finally before I let you go mm. do, do you feel like we're getting a bit, little bit of a or no not a little bit a big step change actually because this week FIFA announced or last week it's Monday isn't it today uh, FIFA announced that they want the decision on who hosts the Women's World Cup in 2027 made the same way that the men's is for the first time so all 211 members deciding rather than just the FIFA council and that's really crucial isn't it do you feel as if there's a big switch within football as a whole about the importance of women's football as well i think like 
yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think there is a complete sort of sea change in terms of the women's game globally. Um, I, I remember saying when we signed Barclays as title partner for the Women's Super League, I really genuinely thought that the WSL would be the breakthrough sport where um, women's sport becomes mainstream. And, and I think, you know, we're seeing that not just in this country, but across the world, that women's football is breaking through. And I think today signifies that this is this is not just about the pinnacle events when the Lionesses are doing brilliantly. This is about high-profile coverage week in, week out, and, and it's what the game needs, and it's what the game deserves, and it, it's brilliant to see it finally happening. Excellent stuff. Listen, Kelly, congratulations. Well done. And thank you on behalf of everybody for for getting this deal over the line. It really is so exciting for for everybody. And we hope to chat to you again soon. It's a big team effort. Thanks very much. Take care. Kelly Simmons there, Director of the Women's Professional Game at the FA. Uh, Just before we wrap on this, let's hear from uh, Chelsea manager Emma Hayes, shall we? Because she's been speaking about the impact of this deal on clubs and fans. Well, I think it's a day everybody has worked really hard towards. This isn't any one person or any one club or any or the football association alone. This is the, this is the sport, and everybody involved with the sport, both on the pitch and off the pitch. I think that have driven a new standard, uh, and the fact that it's a, a record deal worldwide just shows how much we are putting our money where our mouth is and valuing a women's game that uh, has demonstrated time and time again that, that it's a product people want to watch. Now the demands are back on the club, not just to uh, make sure our games are on week in, week out. I'm always about making sure the standards are high across the board. But I've also said to players and everybody alike, as the drive for more wages or better conditions are are there and they've been there and they've been driven internally I've always said that we're not we haven't got we're not generating any revenue yet but this is the first I think really big watershed market moment where there's a trickle down effect where the clubs are actually going to prosper from that so I think it's something that everybody's excited about. Chelsea manager Emma Hayes there. Leah Williamson, Arsenal and England defender, is with us on Women's Football Weekly tonight. And it does feel like such a watershed moment, doesn't it? Is it something that the players that, that you've all spoken about, that you say this this is it now? Yeah, I think um, I'd be lying if I said we weren't um, cautious, you know, of getting ahead of ourselves Um there's been a couple of moments in recent history where we've thought maybe we've made a bit of a breakthrough and then you just sort of see things fade out again. But like you say, you know, the the coverage and, the, you know, the money that's going to the clubs and, and sort of, you know, getting our worth almost, it, it feels. So I, I do think this, this feels different and hopefully this is a real, real turning point. But I'd be lying if I said we weren't all still slightly cautious just because you know, like I said, we've we've fought for everything for so long. It almost feels weird to have something as good as good as this happen. Well, hopefully, at some point, you'll be able to actually enjoy it, and that and that won't be the case. But I can understand. Let's call it cautious optimism, shall we? Instead, uh, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talksport Two. I'm Faker Others alongside Arsenal and England's Leah Williamson. And coming up, we're going to be chatting through Friday night's big clash between Arsenal and Manchester United. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others on TalkSport 2.
This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football with me, Faker Others, and Arsenal and England's Leah Williamson. Don't forget, if you do miss any of our shows or you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the TalkSport app, so you can download that today and just go to our podcast section. Uh, right, let's actually get on to some football, shall we? The big game on Friday night between Arsenal and Manchester United. Rort could be in here, and what a start this is for Arsenal. A brilliant run from midfield from Jill Rort, and it did take a deflection, but in it went. McCabe, now swinging delivery, great delivery, fantastic header. It's Wubben Moy who gets Arsenal second. Rose brilliantly in the box there, fine cross from McCabe. 2-0 Arsenal. Now Arsenal needed that. The Gunners' hopes of Champions League football given a huge lift. It's only Manchester United's fourth league defeat of the season, but it could prove a very costly one indeed. So it finished Arsenal 2, Manchester United 0. Leah Williamson, our guest tonight, obviously couldn't play because she's injured, but what did you make of that performance, Leah? Yeah, no, the girls did a great job. Um, There was a lot of stake, you know, uh, the way that things have worked out with maybe left you know, put ourselves out of the title race or at least for what we can control so left, that left just a, a Champions League spot to fight for in terms of what was within you know our control and like I say what we could have an effect on so it was important and the girls did the job um, quite convincingly. Yeah three points behind Manchester United now with a game in hand and a superior goal difference as well is there a confidence within the squad that you can get that final uh, Champions League place? Obviously, if we'd have um, if we hadn't have picked up the win, then things would look very different from us for us. But um, you know, what once you have control over the results, you know, it's it's only we've only got ourselves to blame if we don't get it now, um, which is a, a good position to be in. It means that you can just focus on yourselves and and hopefully um, and get over the the finish line. But you know, as as we've said, the WSL is growing and more competitive every single year. So you just really don't know what's going to happen in the upcoming fixtures. Yeah, I mean, you obviously went down to 10 with Beth Mead uh, getting a second yellow card for a challenge on, on Lucy Staniforth, which made things difficult for you, but but held on in the end. And Lotta Wubin-Moy was fantastic getting player of the match. Yeah, I was a fangirl in Lotta a lot after the game. Um, it's good, you know, she's she's like me. She's Arsenal through and through. Um, I know that she's, she's very uh, deep person uh, very intense when it comes to her football and very focused so to see her you know reap the rewards of, of the the work that she's been putting in in training I think it's great and you know the opportunities that she's had um she's taken yeah taken with both hands so I'm really really happy for Lotta and uh, yeah she was she was outstanding Really interesting comments from Kelly Simmons uh, earlier on regarding uh, improvements being made with money uh, going for the development of of referees. And Casey Stoney, Manchester United manager, felt like her players, especially Lauren James, uh, she said, were targeted with persistent fouling and she just was not impressed with referee Amy Fern at all, telling BT Sport after the game, I thought the referee was atrocious at best and that's not an excuse for my team losing, but we've got to improve the officiating in this league we really have to because if Lauren James reacts to any of those she ends up off the pitch she gets no protection and it's really disappointing um what did you make of those comments yeah I think you know Casey's obviously been in the game a long time 
had a playing career and I'm, I'm sure she'll have experienced the same frustrations that some of us do uh, with the officiating. Obviously, it's a tough job. Um, I, I joke around all the time saying that I wouldn't want to be one because I know how much, you know, how, how many conversations I have with them during a game. And, you know, it's a player's instinct and, and a coach's instinct to want to defend their team. And I think that that's what really um, triggers people. It's the protection. Obviously, coming from... From Arsenal, I think personally we've been targeted for a long time um, in terms of you know persistent fouling and things like that. So it's definitely not a target of ours. But you see that if you're not, you know, you don't, you don't get the protection from the referees, and if you don't play a certain way, sometimes you can even lose fixtures, which we don't want. We don't want that to, to creep into the game. And like I said, it it wasn't a definitely wasn't a tactic from us, but you can get away with so much that if, if a yellow card was given early, and I do think they had a couple of bad challenges as well, um, it, it's it's generally quite a, an equal thing. Um, I don't think any team is necessarily targeted and or, or you know, perceives unfair treatment from refs like that. But I do think it is a, is a problem because we've had injuries in the past and we've lost we've lost key players at, at, for long periods of time in a season because of a, a really bad challenge that could have been stopped with a, with an early yellow or or whatever. So I, I do think it's obviously very encouraging to hear that we're we're investing in that area um, because I, I certainly have faced the frustrations that Casey would have um, during that game at, at some point or, you know, over over my playing career. And like I say, she's been in the game a lot longer than me. So, yeah, I think it, when it builds up, it's, it's hard not to, to speak your mind. Yeah, and it's crucial, isn't it, to, to improve the, the officiating I mean, a, across all of football, but, but particularly in women's football at the moment, you know, it, it has to show the same professionalism that the, that the players do. And, you know, I'm not blaming the referees for that because they just don't have enough in, investment for training. Most of them, you know, it, it's not a full-time job for them. So it's very, very different. But, um, yeah, hopefully that is going to change in the future. Um, some other games uh, last week, Everton... Uh, lost 3-0 to Chelsea, who are two points clear of Manchester City at the top of the table. Chelsea recovering from an early penalty miss, um, ended up cruising the game, really. But Leopold's penalty saved superbly by Corpella with Sandy McKeever out at the moment. Uh, Frank Kirby, though, back with a cool finish. I mean, she's just been superb this season. And Leopold's eventually on the score sheet, along with Penilla Harder as well. And could have been more if it wasn't for Capella. She was pretty busy all evening. Uh, the other game, Wednesday, Bristol City nil, Manchester City 3. Uh, Matt Beard made six changes to the team that lost in the Conti Cup final uh, with two games this week. Um, obviously, the Spurs game yesterday was definitely the priority uh, for, for City. Caroline Weir, Ellen White and Sam Mewis um, with the goals. Um, they remain two points behind Chelsea. But um, Spurs for, for Bristol, which was on Sunday, uh, it finished Tottenham 1 at Bristol City one and that point for Bristol City sends West Ham bottom of the table and puts City level with Aston Villa which is absolutely massive however Villa and West Ham do have two games in hand and they've still got to play each other uh, twice as well so that's going to make for a really interesting end to the season but the bounce back that that Matt Beard has managed to do Leah has been so impressive hasn't it? Yeah no it has been um the, the way that they've played, um, especially uh, in the semi-final, was it the semi-final of the, the Cup or against Reading? Um, mm. The game that was on TV, I think it was just a league game. It was incredible. Um, they went behind early and, and still managed to pull it back. So I think, yeah, I think when 
when you get a, a new lease of life and, and somebody comes in and it's it's fresh it's um it's always encouraging when you see a team sort of show it straight away um but yeah no they've they've definitely turned it around in terms of their early performances yeah, they certainly have. Brighton improving their results as well. Aston Villa nil, Brighton two, which is Brighton's fourth win in a row now in such good form uh, and now sixth in the table as well. Right, this is uh, Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Others. I'm alongside England defender Leah Williamson. And next up, Birmingham head coach Carla Ward will be with us. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Rothers and keeping you company with me is Arsenal defender Leah Williamson. Right, West Ham 2, Birmingham City 2. To talk about that, why don't we say a big hello to Birmingham City head coach Carla Ward who joins us now. How are you doing, Carla? Very well, Faye. How are you? Really good, thank you. Really good. Um, just first and foremost, we talked about the uh, landmark broadcast deal, but I just wanted to, to hear your thoughts on, on it. Huge, honestly. I went, we come in. Obviously, it has been a lot of speculation in the last couple of weeks. So, when it was announced this morning, it was it was massive. Um, you know, I've seen a lot about it. This is this is exactly what the the, uh, the women's game needs. Um, it needs to be about growth now rather than money. Um, there's a lot of talk out there around the money side of it, but actually, this is what we need. We need it to be visible. Um, we, we now, with that visibility, we can now be at the forefront. Um, and really, if, you, if you're a young girl growing up now you know you've got a future ahead of you and you, you can really take that seriously. So um, for me, this is huge, um, massive moment. Um, and particularly for, for clubs like ourselves, you, you almost hope that these moments make uh, make clubs really want to step up and support the women's teams because let's be honest, the women's games are only going to go from strength to strength now. Yeah, it certainly is. Very well said. And it makes you want to stay in this league more than ever, I would expect, and, and gives the players something really to fight for. And it's interesting you say about the money side of it, because, of course, with the visibility comes the money, comes the commercial deals and everything else along with it. It's uh, it, it's absolutely vital for, for the women's game. And the kind of money that is going to come in from the broadcast deals to help clubs can only improve the professionalism of the game as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think <clears throat> I heard uh, Kelly speak earlier about refereeing, about pitches. These are all, well, they've played uh, obviously key parts in our season, that's for sure. So 
Um, delighted to hear that, that certain areas are getting looked at. And I think, um, yeah, for even from a commercial point of view, you know, now, you know, from even from front of shirt sponsors to visibility at grounds. And this is this is going to be huge because whereas you might be able to get X amount for front of shirt, you might have to you might be able to double that or triple that. And that certainly helps them with player budgets, with uh, facilities, with resource, with with creating an environment um, that elite players want to come and enjoy. Yeah, absolutely crucial. Um, right, you rescued a point um, against West Ham really uh, late on in the end. Um, uh, Ruby Mace, the Arsenal loanee, scoring in the 94th minute. That 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 point could be vital at the end of the season. Yeah, massive. And you know, since Ruby's come in, she's a she's a young, talented individual. Leah, Leah, you'll know that she's uh, she's fantastic, utter professional, and I was delighted um, not just for ourselves but for Ruby as well. You know, she's. Um, Stepped into the WSL, she's taken it in her stride, and um, yeah, what a moment to get your first WSL goal! But crucial point, and I think um, it also stopped West Ham picking up all three. So um, massive, massive point. Yeah, they're bottom of the table now. Obviously, you're three points uh, clear of them. It's going to be tight down to the wire. But yeah, the, the problems that you've had this season have been off the field predominantly. Obviously, you know, results haven't necessarily gone your way. But since you've come in, you've done such a fantastic job at Birmingham. But everything going on off the field must have been increasingly frustrating. Yeah, look, it's been tough. I think it's, um, <laughs> I think it's been well documented in the press, sort of the struggles that we've had this year. Um, I knew coming into the job in the summer that it was going to be tough. I knew it was going to be sort of project survival. Um, it's part of the reason I took the job. Um, but yeah, probably didn't didn't anticipate as um, the struggle that has been. But look, that's that makes it even more credit to the players and, and what they're continuing to achieve because, you know, nobody gave them a chance and. Um, you know, they've been utter professionals from minute one and not allowing anything to sort of disrupt them. And um, no, they're, they're a credit. They're a credit to the football club and, and hope, hopefully they'll get the rewards. Yeah, well, big blow on, on Friday. I mean, we've, we've talked about this story a lot on Women's Football Weekly over the past couple of months, but an independent tribunal obviously decided to award Tottenham three points after Birmingham called off your game in January, citing an unprecedented shortage of player availability uh, as the reason for calling the game off with 24 hours' notice. I've, I've, read the resp- I've read your response, and I've also read the response of your general manager, Sarah Westwood, uh, as well. But, but in your own words, Carla, how disappointing disappointing was this result look it's massive you know it's not just massive for us it's massive for West Ham for Villa uh, for Bristol because ultimately if you look at Tottenham's running it's not favourable and um, for me that that allows them safety um, and it's, it's frustrating because look you know I think that the same day obviously there were other teams that had theirs postponed um, that there's no dressing it up obviously the Everton now were in a similar boat to us um, and were able to replay there. So there is a lot of frustration around that naturally and um, I think I've made my feelings quite clear on that. But it is what it is. Another thing um, that you know we say to the group, you roll your sleeves up, use it as motivation, um, use it as motivation to drive you and make sure that we get the points that we need without those three. But um, to say I'm not massively disappointed would be an understatement. Yeah, well, it's consistency, isn't it? I think that's where the frustration lies. If if that had been the case for everybody, you, you could then understand it. But there doesn't seem to have been, you know, blanket decisions made. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I think it's, it's, a, it's a difficult one. I appreciate how difficult it is for the FA with, um, with what they've presented as well, I would say. 
Um, I mean, the one thing I can say is we've been honest in our assessment with players, whether they're injured, whether they've got COVID. Um, we can only present what we can present. Um, I don't know what other teams can. So I appreciate that the FA are only going based on, on what's presented to them. So it's tough, but um, look, we, we get on with it. And um, like I've said to the, se- uh, to the girls all season, um, take this as, as motivation, take it as hunger and drive and, and uh, make sure that, you know, we don't go down without a fight. And um, they do exactly that, so credit to them. Yeah, credit to them indeed. Obviously, we we discussed the, the pitch pro- uh, problems briefly and we've talked to you about it uh, before, but bearing in mind what's happening next season with the new broadcast deal, it's going to be absolutely vital that games are played and the games run professionally. And Kelly Simmons did say that, that money was going to be invested in making sure that, that uh, you know, pitches are playable. Um, actually, we, I've got a question for you from one of our regular listeners, Sue Klesnicks, who's been unable to go to some of your matches because of the recent postponements. And, and she wants to know, seeing as Coventry are returning to the Rico Arena, obviously they're ground sharing with, with, with Birmingham um, men's team at the moment. Is there any kind of plan in place that you could potentially play at St Andrews next season? It's certainly a question. Um, <clears throat> anybody that knows me knows that I, I knock on the board's door quite regularly. Um, <laughs> one question that we are we're currently asking is exactly that. Um, you know, it's not about Solly Hole or anything else. I've said for years now, uh, even prior to me being in the WSL, that for WSL football, for footballers, and we're talking about one of the teams in the world with some of the best players in the world. So in my opinion, they need the best facilities in the world and, and some of the best pitches. So it's got to be uh, looked at. Every individual club needs to look at it and, and know that they're going to be playing in um, a stadium fit for purpose and, um, and will be the same. But um, certainly it's a conversation or a question that has been asked and that will continue to be asked. And uh, hopefully that <laughs> you never know. You never know. I have no doubt you're going to have sore knuckles <laughs> over the next few months. <laughs> Listen, brilliant. Always, always great to chat with you, Carla. Hopefully talk to you again soon and good luck for the rest of the season. Yeah, thanks, Faye. All the best, Leah. Brilliant stuff. Uh, Birmingham City head coach Carla Ward there. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faye Carruthers, alongside Arsenal's Leah Williamson. And next up, we're going to be chatting Champions League. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football with me, Faye Carruthers, alongside Arsenal's Leah Williamson. Don't forget, if you miss any of the show, you can catch up by downloading the TalkSport app and subscribing to our podcast. Just search Women's Football Weekly. Uh, Right, no championship games this week, but a bit of championship news for you because Charlton have announced that former Tottenham manager Karen Hills is going to be their new head coach. She'll lead the club in preparation for them going full-time from July. Obviously played a key role in Spurs turning professional during her 11-year tenure there. Uh, The new owner at Charlton, Thomas Sangar, clearly wants to invest in women's football, which is great news. And I'm sure that we're going to have Karen on the show soon to discuss her new role. Charlton, of course, ninth in the league, three points above bottom side London Bees, but they do have two games in hand. Great to see Karen Hills back in the game, Leah. Yeah, no, it is. Um, you know, people like Karen have have done so much for the women's game, um, and you know, been there through it all really. So the experience is is so valuable, and yeah, Charlton lucky to have her. 
Yeah, they certainly are. Wales as well have announced their new manager after the departure of Jane Ludlow. Gemma Granger has been to seven international tournaments with England's age-grade sides as head coach and was part of the coaching staff, which led England's Lionesses to the semi-finals of Euro 2017 as well. Let's hear from her first before we get Leah's thoughts on this appointment. We heard from her about what she hopes to achieve in the new role. So for me, it's about building on the foundations, you know, the, the work that Jane has done with the team. Um, there's some really good foundations there. I think it's about building on them and prioritising, you know, what are, what are the gaps? What are the things that are going to get us over the line? In international football, the margins are so fine. And, you know, we're at the beginning of that journey now to, you know, so my first priority is going to be to meet the players, meet the staff and put together our four-year plan, you know, starting off with the, the two-year uh, World Cup qualification campaign. Looking forward to the draw on April the 30th. You know, that's the, the next thing in my mind after the April camp. But most importantly, building on the foundations and looking at what the next chapter is for us. So what, what, are the, what are the gaps? What are the things we want to push? What, you know, the mentality that we want to drive forward with. That's uh, new Wales manager, Gemma Granger, who, Leah Williamson, you know quite well. Yeah, no, I do. Um, I've been lucky enough to work with Gemma through the age groups at England. And we were, um, Gemma was the assistant coach in that sort of crazy penalty uh that situation that I found myself in uh, and she was yeah she was sort of integral to us all coming through that and, and it working out and yeah I've, I've kept in touch with Gemma over the years that she's she's honestly one of the best people in football I think she's one of the nicest people and yeah she's got big ambitions we always used to talk about that and and I'd say say what mine were and and you know Gem wants to be one of the top coaches around it so I'm actually buzzing for her I think it's a, a really lovely thing and um, yeah I hope she does really well. How did she help you in, in that situation? Because obviously it was the most bizarre circumstances. You might need to refresh some of our listeners' memories who don't remember <laughs> the sleepless night you had before. Yeah, no, we, um, well, I had to take a penalty, retake a penalty five days later um, because of uh, the wrong decision from the referee. Um, so it was a long wait, uh, torturous, if, I, if I'm being honest, and I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. But Jem was just... Um, I think she's one of these coaches that sort of looks outside the box. Um, that was always my experience with her in terms of obviously football is so important, but how, how many other things can you can you use to gain an advantage over the other team and to put me in the right in that scenario, to put me in the right frame of mind to to be able to deliver um, on essentially one kick from twelve yards. But yeah, just sort of um, I don't know. It's it's nice when you're a player and you feel like a coach respects you as a person as well and. She'd, she'd take the time and effort to, to improve those relationships to then carry out onto the football pitch. So, um, yeah, like I say, I'm really, um, she can pay me later for being so nice to her, to be honest. But, um, yeah, no, big, big fan of Gemma, yeah. Brilliant. Oh, hopefully we'll get Gemma Granger on soon. Obviously, Wales trying to pick themselves up after failing to qualify uh, for the Home European Championships uh, next year. She takes charge from April's training camp. Uh, friendly fixtures they have are against Canada and Denmark. Now then, it is a massive, and I'm sorry to talk to you about this, Leah, bearing in mind Arsenal, unfortunately, aren't involved, but fingers crossed for next season. But the Champions League quarterfinals, absolutely huge for two British sides. Uh, Manchester City 
City play Barcelona on Wednesday morning. It's on BT Sport at 11.30, the first leg being played out in Monza in Italy. And then Chelsea take on Wolfsburg 4pm on Wednesday, also on BT Sport, and that's being played in Budapest. Uh, We heard from Emma Hayes, Chelsea manager, earlier on today about how she's feeling about her team's chances in the Champions League and facing up against a side that's knocked them out three times previously. I've said before, I think six teams could win this easily. I don't think it's there's one favour over another. I think it's all about, at this stage, how you manage. Um, you, got, you need experience, you need discipline, you need all of your, um, I think, nows to realise that when you play outside of a domestic game, there's so many diff- other factors involved, different refereeing, different type of presses, different type of build-ups that you face in terms of what the opponent does. So you have to manage all of that, that those stresses, that stimulus, and that takes time to develop. So I've, I've got a lot of experience in my team too, and I'm looking forward to watching them cope with playing against a team that has um, won every time in the biggest games against us. And I'm... Um, I'm extremely curious to see how far we've progressed in the last three years. I think we're all curious to see how far they've progressed in the last three years. Emma Hayes, Chelsea manager there ahead of their tie against Wolfsburg on Wednesday. Um, Do you feel as if Manchester City and Chelsea have both shown enough this season that they can really go and show this on a European stage now, Leah? Yeah, I think so. Um, Certainly in, in the games that they've played against us and against each other you know they're they've both been really consistent um both showed that they're you, you know the way they attack is is a force to be reckoned with and i think that's what you need when you go to europe you know it's not it's not enough to be a a solid team that that can sort of you know drag out results it's about a sort of attacking attacking the other team and really i don't know just just dominating and I think both of them have the capability to do that um, which which is great for obviously English football and on, on that stage. Obviously Arsenal the only Women's Champions League winners from um, the UK. How do you feel about another British side potentially winning this tournament or, or you know is it kind of club over country with when it comes to the, to, to the Champions League? Yeah, I think it is for me. Um, and it's funny, isn't it? Because you always, you know, you always want English teams to do well. And I do think it's great um, when, when when they do. But yeah, definitely I've I've been spoken to by by many legends um, of the past that have played at Arsenal that have reminded me that we're the only English side to win it. And they'd quite like to keep that uh, title, <laughs> I think. So um, yeah, if it can stay in-house the first time an English team win it again uh, that would be great but yeah it, it, I can't lie obviously it's great to see English teams doing so well but uh, yeah definitely club over country on that one. Uh, that's really interesting to, to hear and hopefully Arsenal will make the Champions League next season I mean it's vital that three three clubs get the opportunity to, to, to be in that league next year. No exactly um, we've said it before you know you the, the quality of games in the Champions, Women's Champions League just haven't been high enough um, really mm. over the years and it's it's you know, you could get one hard game and then another could be could be a whitewash. So it's it's definitely important that, you know, we have we have talented players in, in England and we have good teams and, and we need to be on that stage. 
And no offence to Leon, but we all want a different winner, don't we now? Come on, it's getting boring, yeah. surely. It's getting boring, yeah. <laughs> it is. Listen, Leah, it's been an absolute pleasure, as it always is, when you join us on Women's Football Weekly. Take care. Hope the injury gets better and we see you back out on the pitch soon. Thanks. Thanks, Faye. It's lovely speaking to you. Brilliant. Leah Williamson there. Next week, we're going to be joined by former Chelsea and England defender Claire Rafferty. But a massive thank you to Leah Williamson, Kelly Simmons, Carla Ward, producer Flo, and of course, all of you as ever for listening. Don't forget, if you do miss any of the show or you want to listen back to any of our specials from last year, perhaps, you can download the Women's Football Weekly podcast. That's via the TalkSport app. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.